Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome to the second episode of the Pirate Rugby Pods. And I just want to start off by saying thanks so much uh, to the incredible reaction that we've had to episode one. Uh, to be honest, we were blown away. And we also want to say hello to our amazing uh, subscribers and followers uh, on Twitter and, of course, on YouTube and Spotify. Before we kick off, just want to promote a couple of things to you guys. So uh, if you are listening on Spotify, if you could please leave us a review and a nice comment. You've heard it from a thousand podcasts. You're hearing it from us now. It really does make a huge difference in us being able to reach more people. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you comment down below, I promise we will reply to every single comment that is left. Um, and we really think that we've got an opportunity to grow on that platform. So every bit of love that you can show us on there, we massively appreciate it. Uh, and the final thing is we've got a Substack. So for those of you who don't know Substack, it's like a website that isn't quite a website. It's halfway between a website and a blog, really. Uh, if you go on there, you, we will, there'll be a link to it in the description below this video. There'll also be a link to it on the Pirate Roby Twitter. If you go over there and give us a follow, you'll get uh, updates from us on there. All of the deep dives and all of the content and things that we put out, whether it's Ender or myself uh, separately or as the Pirate Roby podcast, uh, you will find on our Substack. And if you sign up and subscribe, it's completely free. All you do is you put your email address in. And if you do that, you'll get an email every time we put a new bit of content out. We'll have deep dives, we'll have... TV guides will have episodes of this podcast and we'll also have highlights from all of the weekend's rugby action. You do not want to miss it. So head over there and subscribe for us. Thanks very much. So Hugh, tell me about your rugby moment of the week. My rugby moment of the week this week is a bit more serious than last week, I'm afraid. No seagulls, no storks, no birds of any kind involving rugby matches this week. But my moment was Lee Halfpenny getting his uh, 100th cap for Wales. So uh, Lee Halfpenny has been pretty much my favourite rugby player since he got his first... Well, the first time I remember him seeing, seeing him was Wales versus Canada. I want to say 2008, it might have been 2009, in the yellow kit. And there was this skinny little kid on the wing scoring tries. I thought I was quite new to rugby at that point. And I thought, I want to follow this guy. And I followed his entire career... Um, going from 
being a winger at Cardiff uh, Blues, as they were at the time, um, getting capped for Wales. He nearly came out of the Wales team, nearly lost his place. In the 2011 World Cup, he got moved to fullback for one game, and the rest was history. He became the one of the best players in the world. Uh, he's arguably Wales' greatest ever fullback. I think I would argue that. He's got a trophy cabinet that would make people blush. 95% of other probably players blush. Um, and to be there for me personally, to see him get his 100th cap uh, and give him a standing ovation as he came on the pitch was was pretty special for me. And it, I think he, he might not make the World Cup, sadly, but I think he's an absolute legend of Welsh rugby and rugby as a whole. So that was pretty special for me. How about you, yeah, Ned? What was your moment of the week? For me, it's a, an interesting one. So we saw the TMO bunker uh, in action with Scotland in the Scottish game. So for me, to be honest, that that was my favourite moment, just the way that whole situation was handled by Ben O'Keefe. We've all seen the replays. It was a clear red, but thankfully we didn't see a ton of replays during the actual game. And the ref made a pretty quick decision, gave Xander Fagus in a yellow. He went off and then obviously the TMO in their bunker made this correct decision upgraded to a red card and he was sent off. So for me, it was... It was it was the correct decision. It was just great to that there wasn't that much controversy around the whole decision. It was everyone I would imagine watching the game would agree there's mid bare minimum a yellow. And then obviously the the TMO was given. I believe it's eight minutes to make that that decision, and it was thankfully upgraded. And for me, it's yet another example of a red card simply not ruining games. Uh, guess who went on to win that game? Scotland did. Like it's I, I'm yeah. I'm. Forever listening to people tell me that red cards are in games. They simply don't, and in my opinion. Yeah, and if somebody commits an act of foul player, that your team deserves to be yeah. down to, to 14 it, to 13 or whatever. It's a, if it's a red card, it's a red card. Um, yeah, that's not that's not a red card offence. It's a good referee for it to happen to as well, because obviously Ben O'Keefe's a super rugby ref, and they've had this all season, so he's really experienced with it. I don't know whether he had a moment of dread, because in the, I don't know if it was the final or the semi-final of Super Rugby, he had a controversial it one. It was the, yeah, it was early on, wasn't it, where um, the Crusaders player, I think it was, absolutely smashed a, uh, a Chiefs player in the face. Ben um, O'Keefe followed the process perfectly, but his TMO, unfortunately, didn't upgrade it to a red, which most people believe it should have been. It wasn't Ben O'Keefe's fault. Um, so it was good to see that he had the courage of his convictions to, to keep using the process. Um, so I'm interested to see, is it confirmed this rule is going to be used in the World Cup? It is indeed, yeah. Okay. So, so there were some rumours that the 20-minute the red card was going to be introduced, but that's been quashed we by hate uh, that. World Rugby. I think, yeah. I don't know who who wants this, to be honest, but yeah, thankfully it's, it's not going to be in place. It's a, I think it's a Sanzar thing. The, they seem to take head contact less seriously down there unfortunately so you see that in the citations that get given out i.e you don't get cited and you see that in the 20 minute red card which was only supposed to be a trial but it's into what is third season down there now get rid of it i say with the tmo bunker it will you know take the pressure off the refs and like referring back to that super rugby final that well, I think that was within the first couple of minutes of that game that, mm. that Benefit had to make that decision on the TMO. So at least that pressure will be off. And I think eight minutes is the perfect amount of time as well. So that obviously if the player has been yellow carded as well, that they, they have enough time to make that decision before the, the player is allowed to, to come back on. Of course, we are going to see a controversial. Like, 
will somehow, I'm sure, see it. Uh, TMO in the bunker get it wrong. But thankfully, it won't take away from the actual spectacle of the game. We won't be watching a million replays. Mm. Um, moving on to the big rugby news of the week. Hugh, I uh, see from Twitter that you were in, in Cardiff. How was your experience? I was in Cardiff. I got. I was very, very fortunate to receive a couple of tickets. So me and the missus went to see uh, Wales versus Car- uh, England. Uh, it's my first time seeing England live, actually. Uh, for my first Wales versus England game. Um, it was absolutely Baltic in Cardiff, I can tell you. You know, they call it the summer series. I don't know what it was, but it weren't summer. Um, it was, uh, we were walking down towards the stadium and the wind was blowing and it would, you know, I was wearing my hat, my hat nearly came off. I was wrapped up in a waterproof. We got inside somewhere and I, we sat down for a moment to recover. My ears were stinging. It was that cold. Like, it, it, it was more like October than August. Oh my God. Um, but once we got in there, I love the, the stadium, the, the currently called Principality Stadium in Wales. It's such an awesome stadium. It, kicks Twickenham out of the anyway um and we had we had great seats uh got to watch the game they had the the fire show um which they didn't really catch on the tv unfortunately in the stadium it was amazing uh they had the the rock music going and all the flames kicking off it was it was it was awesome they had um, Josh Navidi doing the doing the DJing um and then yeah get to see the game my first Wales England game um I wasn't that pumped for the game as a as a concept to begin with but then once I got in there and I could see the England fans in their white jerseys I'm thinking can't lose this <laughs> it's still Wales versus England um I saw some people moaning about it um online rugby is one of those sports which is a lot better in person I think um so yeah it was a great spectacle obviously really happy to get the result um for me I, I know we spoke about this previously mate um I was expecting it to be it's a pre-season friendly so it's it's people getting up to speed so I was hoping to see the new guys who came into the Wales team um perform well I don't think any of them uh set the world alight but I wouldn't expect them to on what is their first start I would expect them all all of them to go and get more caps Gatland the way he was talking about them after the game suggested that they would which is great um, and yeah, Wales got the victory. Two really nice tries. We won the second half 14-0. It could have been about 40-0. That's how bad England were. So I don't know what your thoughts were on, on it, mate. I've given kind of my views on Wales. What did you make on it from from the England side? Not that you support England, obviously. Very disappointed. Very disappointed. I think you probably lined this game up pretty well for me and set my expectations. I always get quite excited for some of these summer internationals or pre-World Cup warm games and then you kind of have to be brought back down to reality and that they're not going to be good games. For me, the biggest standout was how poor England were. Now, obviously, this was nothing close to their first side, but I think the official staff in the game was that there were, um, staff in the game was that there were 16 handling errors. I was listening to a different podcast over the weekend that said there were 19 handling errors. I mean, for me, that was the most frustrating part of watching England, just the amount of uh, turnover ball. I think they gave away something like 22 turnovers. It was just very tough to watch. But but to watch. But overall, look, I think like I know there were a lot of people on Twitter saying this is one of the worst games they've watched. And um, people saying that obviously haven't watched a lot of rugby, to be honest. Like it's <laughs> this is standard Northern Hemisphere rugby. It's what we were used yeah. to. Now, obviously, with Ireland, thankfully, and a few other teams like we are moving away from this. And um, it just reminded me of the Lions tour and um, down to South Africa. 
but I think thankfully rugby's come on since then. But even that, having said that, like I'm not, I thought it was a pretty intriguing game in terms of excitement. Um, I was, you could tell how much it meant to the Welsh players, uh, so that was very exciting to watch. Um, but overall, yeah, overall it was, it was a decent spectacle. But but for people kind of giving out about it online, it, that's what you expect. Um. Now, it does probably shed a light on what we're going to see from England in the World Cup, which is going to be exactly what Steve Brother did with with Leicester. So it's going to be big on defence, big on set piece um, and kick pressure and not playing any rugby from your own um, from inside your own half. And that's exactly what they did. Now, obviously, their their set piece let them down at the weekend. And so, too, did their, their handling errors. But again, we just have to bear in mind that this wasn't their, fir- their first side. So, um, yeah. Looking forward to to not rewatching it, we'll put it that way. But I think yeah. at the time I wasn't I wasn't overly as unimpressed as a lot of people as a lot of people were. Big week this week for Borthwick. In no excuses at Twickenham, uh, he's going to put out a stronger team. Although rumours are going around on Twitter at the moment that there's going to be players who he's already dropped from the World Cup squad are going to be playing on Saturday because he's got too many injuries and he's 33 and he doesn't want to risk players like he doesn't want to risk to a laggy. So he's going to be playing um, potentially Guy Porter, who he's just dropped. So, yeah, we won't go on about it too much, but weird things happening with Borthwick's England at the moment. So yeah. exciting. What about um, the other, some of the other games? So let's talk about uh, Springboks versus Argentina, or Argentina versus Springboks, I should say. So the box have put out a bit of a second team in this game, which leads us on to talking about the squad that's been announced today. So first, I'll get your your impressions on the game. I watched the highlights after I got back from Cardiff. It seemed like the second half was the only half that was worth watching. You're dead right. I mean, it was unfortunately we'll touch on it later, but it was the the kickoff clashed essentially with the Irish game. I mean, it started ten minutes ten minutes later, so I only kind of had one eye on the game. But absolutely, the the second half was when it kind of came came to light. And for me, the standout was Manny Labock. I know a lot of people like he did miss a good few kicks in the first half, but he he got the like he seems he got a good few kicks in the second half. He seems like one of those players that's unfazed by making an error. Yeah. Um, and also that cross kick that he made to to Kane Moody, who obviously just made the um, World Cup squad, which is brilliant to see, especially as a URC fan. And um, was just classic Libok. So yeah, I didn't didn't watch a whole lot of the first half. I was definitely distracted by the Irish game, but I think it was as expected. Yeah. Well, I think with those kind of things, like if if your kick is missing easy kicks, I kind of don't panic about that because I think, oh, that's fixable. So next week he'll get them. So I don't think that's reason enough for him, for him to drop. I'm a huge Lebok fan. I think he could be a real rock star of rugby moving forward. He's got everything. He's got the cheekbones and he's got the he's got a bit of X factor about him, which I love. So what do you make of, obviously, he's going to be the first choice Springbok 10 at the World Cup with Andre Pollard not fit. Uh, also, Lacanio am not fit, and was it Luke Diego who's also not fit? That's right. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, what do you make of the Springbok squad then? Are they going to? Is it all over for them? Is it curtains for the box? No chance, to be honest. The the, the biggest thing that stands out for me is that scrum half. They've picked four, four scrum halves. Four. I. So we were debating. Two. We were debating on the scoop space that we do. Uh, shout out Scooby for listening. Um, which of the three um, scrum halves are they going to be? And there was a bit of back and forth, and not everyone agreed. Turns out, easy solution: just take them all, guys. Just take everyone. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody's really worried about 
the box. I mean, it's still a ridiculously strong squad. We've seen the amount of players that they're going to bring over as well as reserves. Um, I wouldn't be worried if I were Ox fan. Now, it is. I am very curious, though, about the number 10 decision. So they've brought one specialist 10, mm. uh, which is LeBoc. And then they also have, um, his name escapes you right now. Williamson. Williamson, um, as the backup 10, I think that's a bit of a risk. I don't know what your, your thoughts are on that. Well, no, he's not really a 10, is he? He's more of a centre-stroke 15. And in the, in the game against Argentina at the weekend, he played 15 with Leboc at 10. And we had, the again, the chat with the South African guys. And they were saying that very much, you know, you've got one combination, which is Pollard and uh, LaRue. 10-15, and you got one which is Leboc and Willemse. Um But now Willems is down as a 10. So are we going to see Leboc and LaRue? That seems... I mean, it could work. It's just not something that we've seen before. So, yeah, it, it's an interesting one. It's gonna, it's really going to affect the box dynamic. It's going to really affect the way they play because Pollard and Leboc are not similar, really. Um, I'm sure they can execute a game plan well enough, but um, yeah, I but like I say, I'm a huge LeBoc fan, so I can't wait to see him. And whatever it is, Razzie and Jack Neuneber will come up with a plan. I still think they'll get out of their group. Yeah, my, oh, they absolutely will. Oh, I, I think you're right there. Um, moving on to any of the other big news of the week. Um, so we've talked about the box squad. We've talked about the English game. Um, the Wallabies, are they making progress? Yes and no. So for me, this was the most Eddie Jones performance we've seen from the Wallabies. Um, they were something like 14-0 up, I want to say, after 10 minutes, which is very Eddie Jones. So um, other people, other analysts have covered in the, this in the past. Eddie Jones's England team scored the majority of their points in the first quarter of games. And I think there was some mad stat like 10 or 15 games in a row at Twickenham. They scored within the first five minutes, a try within the first five minutes of the game. I think there was another mad one, which is like in 2018, they scored 80% of their points in the first 20 minutes. So it's something ludicrous like that. And I think probably Eddie's logic behind doing that, because it's a very purposeful thing. They they run their biggest, most intricate attacking set play off the first opportunity they get to run at it, because teams aren't expecting you to go, go big early. Um, and I think the reason that Eddie does that is because once you get ahead in test rugby, it's very, very hard for teams to overhaul you. We see half-time turnarounds of more than a score very rarely. Now, two happened this weekend. The France-Scotland game, which we'll touch on in a second, and this one. But other than that, it's very, very rare to see big comebacks in rugby. Um, unfortunately for Eddie, 17 points isn't enough to beat the All Blacks, uh, especially not in New Zealand. How good is that stadium, by the way? It's on my bucket list to go to Dunedin. Oh, my God. Um, so the All Blacks, although it took like a Hollywood last minute kick for Moanga to win it in the 79th minute, um, the All Blacks had actually taken the lead in that game already by about the 65th minute, 67th minute. And they'd had another two tries, I think, on top of that ruled out. So I think the scoreline flatters Australia a little bit. I do think they made progress, but the All Blacks made, what, 15, 14, 13 changes? in this game, whereas the Aussies went full strength yet again. I don't know. I wouldn't take much from, from this game. I do. The Wallabies are making progress, but they're still losing. 
Exactly. Yeah. I think as we discussed before, we can easily see them going into this World Cup with five five losses from five games easily. So let's move on though. Let's move on to Scotland and France. That was probably for me the game of the weekend. What were your thoughts? So I didn't get to see this live because I was traveling. Um, I, I, like everybody, I saw the halftime score. Well, first I saw the French lineup and I thought, ah, oh, France had chucked this. They're playing their third team against Scotland. It was Scotland's first choice as well. Um, so I thought, oh, this is going to be a non-event. And the, all, all the bloody Scotland fans on Twitter are going to be thinking they're the best because they've beaten France rather than, you know, France under 18s. Um, but then a half-time score, 21-3 to France away from home. Um, phenomenal. Um, I, I think I said to you before, mate, it's so weird the way that the French come alive at international level and start playing this, start running in tries from their own half because the top 14 ain't like that. People think that the top 14 is all Hollywood rugby. It's like the s- slowest, most brutal rugby you've ever seen. Um, but then... Right behind Prodi. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, at international level, the guys come alive and there's Jouet, 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 and it's amazing. And then they go a man up. Scotland get a man sent off. And you're thinking, oh, my God, this is the most humiliating day in Scottish rugby history ever. And then no. And then it all turns around and the French don't score a point in the second half. I don't know. What did you make of it, mate? You watched it live. What was it like to watch? It must have been bizarre. It was indeed, but it was classic France. Like They played nothing from their own half. And they, whenever they got the opportunity to counterattack, they did. And no boy, did they. Um. Scotland, yeah, they're extreme, like classic Scotland. They were like extremely disappointing in the first half. And then whatever Gregor Townsend said at halftime worked and they came out like a different side. They were it, highly motivated. Is it, Gregor, is it Gregor doing a team talk at halftime or is it Finn going, sod what he says, I'm going to do my thing? Because that's kind of what happens in the in the big comeback at Twickenham a few years ago. That's right. Yeah. But apparently for this game, it was. So Townsend wasn't happy, obviously, and did have a few words. And But also, I think we saw the best of Finn, like even like you might think that since he's captain, he might be a bit under pressure. He might be able to perform as well. But I thought he had a very solid game as usual and he, and he managed the captaincy very well. He's such a calm player. He's always, he always has a smile on his face. Like it's hilarious watching him make an error and then just smile about it and laugh at the opposition. And so I thought he managed the game pretty well. And, and we see, you know, we saw yet another crossfield. Um, he's just gifted at, at crossfield kicks. Um, but yeah, it was a classic, like, Scottish performance really poor in the first half and then came out like a different side in the second half and managed to win. But I don't think we need to read too too much into it in terms of like that was Scotland's pretty much their their first side. It was not France's first side, it's probably the second or third string side. So we'll see what happens this coming weekend. Um I believe that France might go with the with the stronger team and maybe Scotland will rest some players, but we'll we'll watch this space for now. But I don't yeah, I don't want to read too much into it, but definitely good for for Scottish confidence. Um, which probably leads us on to the best game of the weekend, which was Ireland versus Italy. So I want to I, I ask you this as, a, as an Ireland fan, right? Is Ireland versus Italy the most boring game in international rugby? I get incredibly frustrated to watch. I'm always, like, I obviously I'm Irish and I support Ireland and love when Ireland win. But whenever Ireland are playing Italy, I want to see Italy do well. At least want to see them compete. But unfortunately, Italy weren't at the races and it was pretty much their first teams you know it was their first yeah. team and they struggled now what was pleasing 
um, having watched Italy, a good few Italy games up to this point, is that they didn't run as often as they did in other games from their own 22, which is definitely welcome. Uh, but when they did, Ireland absolutely uh, targeted them and, and won a few turnovers. But yeah, just just I was I was just really let down by Italy's performance. Um, they had like a, everybody loves the way they play, and they do run with the ball. They do they do go for the offload. They do throw a lot of passes, but they just particularly in this game they didn't hold on to the ball and they were sloppy in possession and um, but from an Irish perspective it was business as usual wasn't it I mean did anybody expect anything else they stuck to the systems and um, Jack Rowley had a fantastic game with Tay, which is great he's really pushing Ross Byrne he's probably the second choice now for Ireland realistically and um, so that's definitely uh, a good news story J- Jacob Stockdale his first start for Ireland in about 25 months brilliant to see him get a run out and have a, a solid game I was stepped so, by um, the Italian 23. His name escapes me, sorry, for one of the tries. Did a lovely in-out on Stockdale. That's right. Uh, Stockdale did hit him, but he went far too high and he basically got handed off. So that, yeah, that won't please Farrell, especially as a former defence coach. Defence coach. Um, but yeah, apart from that, Stockdale did, like he made the most metres out of any winger this past weekend. So he did well overall, but yeah, that that tackle hopefully hopefully won't come back to, to haunt him in terms of uh, World Cup selection. But yeah, let's let's leave it there on 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 Harden versus Scotland or, or excuse me Ireland versus Italy. It was it was as expected. Yeah. So guys, we will come back and cover the tier two games because we know that's what you guys tune in for. But we've got a separate segment on that slightly later in the show. So stay tuned. Okay, mate. So we're going to do our deep dive this week. I took the first one last week, so it's your turn this week. And your specialist subject is uh, rugby broadcasting. So this is obviously what you set up your Twitter page uh, to deliver to the masses. It is a sorely needed service. The most common reply I see on your stuff that you put up on Twitter when you put the TV guys for the weekend is people going, thank you. Uh, you, This is badly needed. So based on, you know, all your investigation into this space, just how many rugby broadcasters are there? So at the moment... We're looking at 20 different broadcasters across Ireland and the UK. That's just Ireland and the UK. Just Ireland and the UK. Now, that does cover um, women's rugby, men's rugby, club rugby. But obviously, like you could add you could add a few more to that. But essentially, we're looking at 20 different broadcasters. And and that, that's it. Like that's when I knew you were going to ask that question. And um, that like that, that really just reminds me of why I started the page. Thankfully, I did work for a former broad, uh, a broadcaster, and that's how I got into this. And I've always been a rugby fan, and I've always found it challenging some weekends just to find out, you know, who's showing what and on what channel. Because you have to bear in mind, like, it is 20 different broadcasters, but it's not 20 different channels. It mm. could be double that in terms of channels. Like, if you look at TNT Sports, they've got four course, channels, yeah. and they also have additional channels. But TNT, formerly BT. Exactly. Um, and we'll get into that later. So we've got numerous different channels. You've got numerous different streaming platforms. Um, you've got YouTube, you've got RT Player, you've got Via Play. Now you've got Discovery Plus. Um, and then also overall, you've got a variety of free to wear coverage. You've got pay TV coverage. You've got streaming coverage. You have pay, pay-per-view coverage, essentially, which is what PR, uh, Premiership Rugby TV is. So for me, like the market, is, it's a fragmented market. And it's difficult essentially to know, you know, where a match is on. And again, it's the main reason that I started the the guide on Twitter. And 
yeah that that's where I'm that's where I am at the moment anyway with with my account and I am um also starting a website just to make it a bit easier for people but looking at kind of moving on to where we are now and you know is it going to get any clearer or is it going to be easier to decipher you yes. know where games are so, on so there's been like a a rugby broadcaster um has been kind of mooted a few times you know as people talked about it being amazon maybe coming just showing all rugby obviously we've had via play come in formerly premier sports in the uk and tr- and show all urc and top 14 not all top 14 but some top 14 so uh, are we any closer to that because i'm sure a lot of people are desperate just to have a one go to rugby this is the rugby channel and if i want to watch a, if a rugby match is on it's on this channel so is is that going to happen it's not going to happen anytime soon, as far as I can see. Um, like, look where, where we are now. So we have BT. It's now TNT Sports. It, like, the only major difference there is that the BT Sport app is gone. Well, not yet. It's going later on in the year, but you can now stream directly from the Discovery Plus app. Um, but again, that's in the UK. So TNT Sports did launch in the Republic of Ireland. But in the Republic of Ireland, the only way to watch TNT Sports is via a Sports Extra subscription which is available from sky it's available from version media it's available from vodafone it's available from now tv um which has actually been renamed now over the last couple of years which a lot of people don't even know um no, I still so it now tv yeah i think everyone does to be honest and it's still now tv.com it's not now.com it's a bit um, like how x is still twitter.com and to get on x you have to google twitter because <laughs> if you just search x nothing comes up no one's gonna call it x <laughs> um so so yeah, we've we've TNT Sports now, um. So no major differences there really, um. Yeah, as I was saying, it, it remains available in Ireland through different to to various uh, broadcasters, but you literally cannot get TNT Sports by itself in Ireland. You have to sign up for a Sports Extra subscription. Now the good thing about the Sports Extra subscription is that it comes, uh, with Premier Sports as well, um. So it's a little bit, you know, you do get more games, um compared to people in the UK who can who have to just um, subscribe to to Viaplay and to TNT separately. Um, so yeah, where are we? So that's obviously a major change that we've seen. Um, but we've also we've discussed this in the last pod, so I won't go too much into it, but obviously Viaplay have indicated that they are going to leave the UK. We don't know yeah. exactly when. It might be as late as 2025 because that's when their existing agreement with the URC um that's when it that's how that's when it runs to so it runs till 2025 so we mightn't see them leave till then they also obviously via play broadcast the top 14 um that apparently is only there's only about a year left in that uh, contract so that would be, be just be you know this comes that in the uk yeah so like at least um so we don't really know where we are so we don't really know like so where we are in terms of the via play space so obviously there is a gap there um and i did run a poll recently on twitter and, and the overall in terms of who, who people want to see replace and um, via play as the number one urc broadcaster and um, in the uk um because yeah for yeah it's basically via play aren't you in ireland at the moment and it looks like obviously they won't be launching in ireland anytime soon mm. so it kind of does you know leave that question as to what's going to happen to the urc rights since the top 14 rights personally and uh, so when i ran this this poll online i did ask people who they wanted to see i gave them the option of sky urc tv tnt sports and amazon and the majority of people actually chose amazon 
Now, mm. for me, I, I hate to be negative, but Amazon are never going to. They they may I could be completely wrong, but Amazon's strategy is not to broadcast every single game of a tournament. They don't do it for any tournament in the world whatsoever. What they do, what they like to do, is to pick up a few games. And um, so you look at the the Premier League. They 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 show some games at Christmas, um, because they want people to to buy Amazon Prime subscriber. They obviously want them to spend any more money, at, especially that time of year. If you look at their involvement in rugby at the moment, they're kind of involved in the in the Autumn Nations series. We actually don't know if they're going to be broadcasting next year though. Um, so it's not it's not within their strategy to broadcast every game now obviously they do they they do get involved like we, they are going to be involved in the champions league space in the uk um very soon but again they're only taking um you know a, a short number of you know a small number of games um so we don't know exactly what their overall strategy is but what we can kind of what we can kind of decipher from what from their previous games is that they yeah they do not go for for all games so for me, it is highly unlikely that they would go for this option, and um, because I think there are something like 151 regular season games in the URC season, like there is no way they're going to broadcast all of those games. And um, so for any soccer fans listening that who might know this, so for anybody based in France, uh, Amazon do actually broadcast the majority of games in League One soccer. So they broadcast um from the season that is just about to begin they're going to broadcast seven games uh per week now this is probably one of their biggest deals uh, in the world in terms of the amount of games that they show and guess what you do not just you like subscribers don't have to they do have to pay for amazon prime obviously the membership but they also have to pay an additional monthly fee on top of that uh, uh, which was right. so you're paying two subscriptions and previously, up until the beginning of uh, the season's just about to begin, that was twelve ninety nine. That's actually going up to fourteen ninety nine. Uh, and again, this is on top of what you're paying for your Prime uh, subscription. Mm-hmm. So, what does that tell you? That tells you when they when they do come into a league and they do broadcast a lot of games, they're actually going to charge you more because obviously, if they're, they're like we all know, like their strategy is to get people in and to spend money. Um, like they are a retail business at the end of the day, and they want to get people on and um, buying products. But they're not just going to sell, sell sports rights, not, not as far as I can see, it just sell sports rights at a loss because they are going to make a loss unless they charge extra. So for me, for all of those reasons, I don't think Amazon is the answer. I think we might we might see Amazon pick up a few games, but there's no way, as far as I can see, that they're going to pick up 151 games. Oh, that's a shame because Amazon was my choice because it's cheaper, which you just explained it wouldn't be. And it's already it's probably the most accessible out of all of the other options because so many people already have Amazon Prime for the deliveries and also for watching other shows. That what you say about charging extra with extra games is interesting because that's something that BT have gotten a lot of stick for. So BT market themselves as the home of English rugby, but you can't watch every single Premiership game for free. Exactly. Well, sorry, not for free, but included in your subscription. You have to pay extra for so people like Newcastle Falcons fans are paying way more than Saracens fans, for example, to watch their team. Exactly. And yeah, so th- this is the issue. And it's funny you mentioned that as well. Like for me as well, I don't actually see Amazon as the the best way to to get your product out there. I mean, a lot of our generation especially would be on Amazon, but there's a generation out there as well. And a lot of rugby fans 
are quite older and they mightn't it's not as if they wouldn't have amazon or they wouldn't have a smart tv or they wouldn't be able to to use the app it's it's it for me it's all about discoverability like will you know where the game is on and if the game so is on amazon is it obvious like when you open the amazon app yeah. it is not so obvious something that came up for the the other day didn't it for last weekend's games for the scotland versus italy game and i saw people on twitter going where's this game like i'm looking on amazon and it's not here yeah, exactly. And that, that for me is is another issue. And again, for your casual fan who, who subscribes to Sky Sports or to TNT Sports, they're sitting down on a Saturday evening, they're flicking two channels. They're not going to have that discoverability. They're not just going to stumble across a game that's hidden on the Amazon app. Um, so again, we, we can talk about this another time, but for me, that's yet just another reason why I think maybe Amazon isn't isn't the answer yet. I think in the future it could be, and I know that they are. There are there have been reports that they are working on a sports app, so it might be easier. To, it will be easier to to find their sports content. Mm. And for me, but yeah, they, they they because they don't have a linear presence as well. I think that is definitely letting them down. Like if they had, if they had a linear channel, like if you look at the zone that launched that that that's live in the UK, they actually just recently launched a linear channel on Sky Sports because they're trying to get more viewers. Like we all know that's that right. streaming is the future, but they've launched a linear channel. So they've gone the other direction because they want more people watching and they know that people, sports fans have Sky Sports. And guess what? They flick through channels. So it's easier to find them. Yeah. Well, it's I, just I've another interesting. To, um, I've spoken to some other um, fans on other podcasts. And they, because uh, for me, I stream everything. I, the, even stuff that's on free to air, I hook my phone up to my Chromecast, which is part attached to my TV, and I stream everything. So I, I love when matches are on YouTube because I can watch it like that. Um, but so I wasn't thinking about maybe the older fan or something. And I've spoken to people who would say, if it's not on free to air, I will not watch it. It, I, it. I would rather, even if I, even a Wales game. So for Welsh fans, like it's obviously a religion in Wales, even for a Wales game, if it's not on free to air, I can't be bothered to, to do all the work that is required. And I don't want to pay the money or it's too much effort or someone is slightly elderly and they then just not, Okay with these things and so those fans fans are lost which is insane because is it fair to say that it's unrealistic for free to air to really broadcast the majority of rugby because it is a niche sport especially club rugby it is and especially when there are so many games on every weekend i think for me what the, what the future of well if you look at ireland at the moment especially in terms of the urc i think we've got a really good setup so You've got your free-to-air broadcasters broadcasting every single game involving Connacht, Munster and Leinster. You also have Premier Sports uh, as a pay TV uh, provider showing almost every single game live. Not every game, but almost every single game. And then you also have your URC TV, which, you know, which is the direct consumer streaming platform that the URC launched uh, when the whole competition was rebranded. And it's really affordable and it's a very good service and you get to watch every single game. Um, so I think, like in Ireland, I think they they found like especially the URC have found has found a really good balance of having you know a really strong number of games on free to wear, still having a lot of games on pay TV, and then having absolutely every game available for those kind of hardcore fans like ourselves who would want yeah. to stream every single game and uh, direct to our um, device. But 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 for the URC in the UK, it'll be it'll be really really interesting to see. Like I think. I'm really unsure because obviously if I a player gone, TNT Sports or Sky might pick them up, but they're we know from experience they're not going to show every game. Mm. Will DAZN come in? But DAZN haven't shown an interest in rugby up until this point, mm. 
So I don't know. So it's or will they go the URC TV option, which is good for for hardcore URC fans. But again, it's not going to get your casual fans in watching, is it? If if they do keep some of the free to air. So in in Wales, there's two free to air options on the Friday night. It's shown by BBC Wales. And then I think Sunday games or at least one Saturday game is shown by S4C, which is the Welsh language. Um, So they're both free to air, but obviously you can only get S4C either via iPlayer or um, uh, if you live live in Wales um, or close to Wales. So that's quite interesting. So that kind of we're talking about affordability there. I think it's quite being as fragmented as we've talked about it is and how many different suppliers there are, as we talked about. It gets quite scary, doesn't it? Because let's say you're a kid and you you get into rugby and say, pick a random player, say George North is your favourite player, right? And you go, I want to watch every game that George North plays. And you go to your parents and you go, mummy, daddy, please can you pay for me to get URC coverage? And they look at it and they go, okay, URC in terms of the coverage is more affordable than other other broadcasters. Um, So they go, okay. And then guess what? Next week, uh, George North isn't playing in the URC. He's playing in the Champions Cup. So you go, oh, right, okay. Mummy, daddy, please, can you get TNT Sports so I can watch him play in the Champions Cup? And go, oh, right. Oh, that's way more expensive. Oh, okay, it's your thing. You go, okay. And now George North is playing for the Lions, and that's on Sky. Right. Ah, oh, right. Now, now I've got to pay for his. Now I've got. Now I've got three subscriptions on the go to watch just one player. And now he's playing for Wales, and that's on Amazon. Oh, that's four to watch you know and it just gets ridiculous you can find yourself i think you could easily spend 100 pounds a month mm-hmm. watching rugby do you think that's fair absolutely like in ireland the full cost of a sky sports subscription is 40 euro the full cost of the sports extra subscription is 34 euros so you're looking at 74 euro a lot of people then obviously have a if you if you if you have a regular you know sky basic pack i think they're Currently, that's around 43, 40, 40, between 43 and 45 euro. So you're looking over 100 euro if you're a traditional TV um, subscriber. Now, obviously, yeah. we, we, we do have now in Ireland that makes it a little bit cheaper. But if, if you're signing up for Sky Sports and Sports Extra Ireland via now, that's 74 quid. Um, although, sorry, no, it's 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 strange. They, they've priced so. Yeah, it's 40 euro on Sky Sports and it's uh, 34 euro um, for Sports Extra. But on, on now, it is. 38.99 for Sky Sports and 33.99 for uh, Sports Extra, just to make it a little bit more confusing. But yeah, it, it's it's absolutely an expensive thing. But but I know a lot of people have have been talking about you know a, a streaming platform coming in or a rugby channel. I just I don't see it because if this is how much it costs um, for the like if you look at TNT Sports, but before uh, BT Sports, BT Sports didn't make a profit. And that's how much they were, and they were already charging such a high amount. Now, obviously, they've got other sports, and it's not just rugby. But you have to kind of do the economics here. Now, I just don't see a, a streamer coming in and just buying the rights to top 14, buying the rights to the URC, buying the rights to the Champions Cup, buying the rights to the gallery. It's not going to happen. And if it does happen, it's going to cost you about 100 quid a month. That That's how I see it. I think it's, I think it's going to, for the foreseeable future, it's, it's going to remain fragmented. Um, but... Which moves us on to my, my final section on this. There are a lot of broadcast agreements that are actually up um, soon. So obviously, as we kind of touched on, the URC has a, a, a variety of different broadcast agreements, but one of them is with BBC Northern Ireland. 
that was a three-year deal that they signed in 2021, and that's actually due to the expire at the end of next season. Um, you also have the Premiership, the Premiership Cup, the Champions Cup, the Challenge Cup, the Top 4 team, and the Autumn Internationals. All of those broadcast agreements are ending in 2024. So who knows what, what the rugby like. Again, all of those could be renewed. Well, we know Viaplays won't be renewed, but a lot of those, like especially TNT in terms of Champions Cup and the Premiership, yeah. you'd expect them to be renewed. But who knows? It could be a different landscape. Well, um, they're going to play less money for the Premiership now, aren't they, with only 10 teams? Exactly. And they already paid less uh, for the current uh, agreement than they did for the previous one. Um, Yikes. So... Yeah, it, it's a really interesting space, but for, but for now I think it's it's going to remain very fragmented, um, which is which is frustrating for fans, but I, I don't I don't see a viable alternative yet. Um, obviously that will change eventually. Um, but I think and just final thing I would say on this, I think Irish fans are in a much better position. I, like if you're a Connacht fan, for example, and you just want to watch the URC, you can watch every single Connacht game for free. You know, um, obviously, if you want to watch them in the Champions Cup, you've got to pay extra. Or if you want to watch other teams in the URC and stuff, you add extra. But if you're just, say, a Connacht fan, a Munster fan or an Leinster fan in Ireland, you can watch all of your URC games involving those teams for free. And um, mm. whereas, obviously, if you live in Wales, you do have to subscribe to, to buy a player to get every single game, say, that the Ospreys are, are playing. And um, I think that I think we'll leave it there. Yeah, Unless you have any any other questions on this. No, fantastic. This interesting mate. Um, topic. That, that was really great. I'm sure loads of people have loads of questions. So if you've got any questions for Render about um, any of the broadcast uh, details that we've gone over or something you think we've missed, tweet us or uh, on at the rugby pod um, or leave a comment down below on our YouTube. And our, like I promised, uh, we'll answer all of you. If you do want to leave a comment, let us know who's your favourite rugby broadcaster we all have our favorites and i've seen you on twitter i've seen you moaning about the ones that you don't like either so let us know down in the comments who's your least favorite rugby broadcaster who do you not like and we'll respond to each and every one of you great stuff Hugh. so moving on now to our tier two roundup what games did you get a chance to watch highlights of full games of tell me about your tier two experience over the weekend so my tier two experience over the weekend was extremely frustrating. So we just talked about rugby broadcast deals and we talked about how many broadcasters there are. None of them were showing any tier two rugby this weekend uh, in terms of tier two internationals. Uh, there were some that were showing uh, the leagues, uh, the club games that were going on. We'll come on to that in a minute. But you could not watch any of the Pacific Nations Cup games in the UK. Um, and I would argue that Fiji versus Japan, which is the first game we'll talk about, was the biggest rugby match of this weekend. It was the deciding game in the Pacific Nations Cup. And it's two nations who will be looking forward to hopefully challenging to get out of their pools in the World Cup. It was a huge game with a lot riding on it. And I was just driven mad that I could not find a stream for it. I saw people who were on Twitter going, where can we find it? Where can we find it? And people giving up and saying, I saw multiple people tweeting, I've given up trying to watch this rugby match. That is a massive failing from World Rugby or the powers that be in my view. There's people literally, I want to consume your product. I'm trying to consume your product, but I can't. So that that was the disappointment. So Fiji, Japan wasn't broadcast. Uh, Samoa Tonga wasn't broadcast, which is the other Pacific Nations Cup game. Uh, Romania, USA wasn't broadcast. But even if it was, it clashed with the Wales game, 
I think it was. Uh, it kicked off at six o'clock UK time. That clashed with the Wales game. And then Romania, actually, sorry to cut across you. Romania, that game actually was. I saw a link. Um, so after the fact, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to see this, but I saw uh, it pop up on Twitter that Romania, Romania rugby did actually show it live on their YouTube space, but didn't tell anyone. There was no announcement about it. Like there was no big no, build up I to it or anything. Like Twitter, they didn't say anything. Yeah, so Japan, again, Japan do promote where they're showing it, but it's not, no UK things. It's J Sports, which is the J- Japanese domestic sports broadcaster, which you can't get. Yeah, incredibly frustrating. Yeah, incredibly frustrating. And then obviously um, uh, Uruguay uh, versus Namibia was the other one that was on, and then Chile versus Argentina 15 was on. Again, no UK broadcaster. Um, if you want to check out the highlights, if you guys have been listening to this and you want to see the highlights of these games, Head to our Substack. We've just done a post where we posted the YouTube highlights of every single one of these games so you can get an idea of what happened um, and you can impress your mates at the World Cup saying, ah, that guy's just scored a try. He scored a try in this other game that I watched and you'll look really clever. But anyway, so here's uh, here's a rundown of the uh, Tier 2 games. So first one, like I said, um, Japan versus Fiji. Uh, 35-12 to Fiji it finished. Um, Fiji crowned. Uh, Pacific Nations Cup champions um, won every game, scored 30 points in every game. Fiji on a crest of a wave. And the scary thing is they started totally different 15s in each of these three games as well. Um, so, yeah, they, it was an end-to-end game. Um, literally, you can imagine Japan versus Fiji. There's a lot throwing the ball around. And it would literally go from one twenty-two to the other 22 back the other way. Unfortunately, Japan um, conceded most of the points. They had another red card as well. So Leach got sent off in the first game of the tournament. Uh, they had another player sent off for a uh, head-on-head contact in this game as well. Some people have said that was harsh. Um, but yeah, just it's a killer for them. Japan, I'm sorry to say, are not the force they were four years ago when they had their home World Cup. They have really seemed to have dipped since then. Um, but yeah, Fiji, they were... The, the way their backs play is so different to every other game. They interchange positions. You know, they you, they name a lineup and you think, hang on a minute, they're playing six centres. What's going on here? And But they're just so natural. Um, it comes from their sevens backgrounds. As a Wales fan, am I scared of Fiji? I was scared of Fiji already. Now I'm extra scared of Fiji. So we're definitely going to do a deep dive on them at some point in the future. Uh, moving on to the other game, Samoa Thomp. Tong, thumped Tonga, uh, 34-9. I don't know, man. Do you were you expecting more from Tonga? Because there was a, a whole lot more hype around them, based on them getting all their rollbacks back. They won one game, which I think was against. I oh, know, sorry, no, they were they didn't. They won one game against Australia A, which wasn't part of the Pacific Nations, and then they lost all their Pacific Nations Cup games and didn't really look like winning any of them. So I don't know. Did you expect more from Tonga at this stage? I did, but when you I suppose when you look at the players they have coming in, they they haven't had an awful lot of time together. And like if you look at Ireland at the moment, where are they this week? Like I know, um, some of the home nations will call them are playing this coming weekend. Ireland are over in the Algarve, and um, look, we all we were all bombarded with photos of Johnny Sexton swimming in the sea. And um, yeah. today, I saw so uh, Peter Armani fighting a shark. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> That's the that's the amount of you know time like Ireland have enough time to basically now I know they're obviously going to play they are going to be training and and the word in the street is that Sexton's going to be playing um against a Portuguese side in a training game which is really interesting 
but it just shows like the amount of prep that that they have and that they're able to go like all the sound beats coming out of Ireland is that they're having a really good time there's a lot of family time the family are being invited and um, to spend a lot of time with the with the players and everything and with the management so for me, it's th- that that's probably why Tonga aren't performing because they haven't had that that cohesion, they haven't had that time together, and um, maybe that will change um, at, at, during the next cycle. But I'd say pr- for me, that's probably the, the main reason they haven't had enough time together. Mm. Yeah, I think you're probably right then. So moving on then to Romania versus USA. So this was the shock result of the weekend. So USA didn't qualify for the World Cup for the first time in a while. They haven't qualified. They got beaten mm. by Chile. Um, they played Romania. Romania have qualified for the World Cup, but USA won 31-17 in Romania. And if you check out the highlights on the Substack for this one, guys, uh, Rugby Z um, did the highlights for it on YouTube. You can go direct to them if you like. USA played amazing stuff. They went 31-0 up and it was really nice rugby they were playing. Really intricate, really um, surprisingly high level. Sometimes these Tier 2 games can be quite amateurish. Um, but the USA guys really put Romania to the sword. Um, so, yeah, not what Romania were looking for. A little bit embarrassing, to be honest. Um, so they'll be looking for a, a, a big improvement when they play. I think they play Georgia in their next warm up. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, geez, they, they'll be looking for a tune up because Romania have launched their kit this week and it's beautiful. And I don't want to see it all bloody embattled at the World Cup. Um so that's that one. Moving on to the next one, uh, Uruguay versus Namibia. Uh, no highlights knocking around for this one. Sorry, guys, couldn't find it anywhere. Um, but Uruguay won 26-18. Flatters Namibia a little bit, that one, um, because they scored a try right at the end to put some respectability on the score. But I think Uruguay were quite comfortable, and I still back Uruguay as kind of the strongest emerging nation. I think they these two are in the group together at the World Cup, actually. So this was kind of a dress rehearsal for that. And I, I back Uruguay to win that again as well. Uh, and then the final one that we'll talk about uh, from the international games was Chile versus Argentina 15. So this is like a not even an Argentinian B team. This is like an invitational Argentinian team. And they beat Chile 40 points to 13. Not great. The game was delayed as well. So this was the only international game uh technically to take place on Sunday, UK time, because it was delayed until midnight. Don't know why. Maybe there was a dog on the pitch. Let's say there was a dog on the pitch. Um, And yeah, a very comfortable win for Argentinian invitee players. Let's hope it was a bad day at the office for Chile because we want to see big things from them at the World Cup. And yeah, not not what we want to be seeing them going down as easy as that, especially at home. Anyway, so moving on from the international games, mate, you've been getting everyone excited about NPC. So tell us again what NPC is and what did you make of the first weekend of the action? So essentially, NPC, the National Provincial Championship, is New Zealand's, it's the tier below Super Rugby. Um, so it's a lot of the feeder teams to the Super Rugby teams. Um I absolutely loved the first round. Now, there were only two games broadcast on Sky, but I think you touched on this on Twitter, that the quality of the broadcast was actually really good. So, like, It, it was it's, ridiculously it's, good. It's like yeah. the quality of the broadcasting is better than most international games. Like, 
yeah what, what and they cold comms and then they had somebody on the sideline and they had multiple different camera angles it's not so kind of like i know angles. exactly like we, i know we're going to touch on the scottish super six um in a minute now it's not bad but you it might see one or two camera angles but the NPC, it's like you're watching a super rugby game and that's what i really liked about it and the commentators know everything about everybody playing as well so it, and yeah i have to say i really enjoyed that um uh, did you get a chance to to watch the games i got to watch I watched all of the one on Friday because it's Sunday in the morning. I love rugby in the morning. So I watched the uh, the Friday game um, and enjoyed that. And then I watched some of the Saturday game. I missed some of it because we were getting ready to go to Cardiff and things. Um, but yeah, I agree. I'm definitely going to tune into it um, moving forward. Uh, I'm just going to see if we can get the table up here. So bear with me a second. Uh it just adds to when when you can just tell that the the broadcasters. So obviously it's Sky are running the feed from from Sky in New Zealand, but it's still it makes all that difference when it's just a, a good quality. Like I don't know if you, I'm sh- I know you didn't get a chance to watch it, but the quality of the broadcast um from the South African Argentina game was appalling. Like for essentially the entire first half, you couldn't hear any comms. Um, oh my God. And this was across the board. So the same thing happened to people watching it on, you know, Stan Sports in Australia, because obviously there's a, a single feed coming from Argentina. But we couldn't couldn't hear any comms for the first half. Um, but just, yeah, the contrast was, was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so I've got the table here. So Canterbury are currently top after one game with a points difference of 32. So it's a big win for them. Uh, and then Northland are bottom, obviously. So that's who they beat. Um and then uh, um, the next biggest win uh, was from uh, Wellington. They currently sit fifth on the table. They beat Manawatu. Um, so, yeah, so tune in. High scoring uh, games. High scoring games. If you want games. to see tries, yeah, that, that's what I like. Well, they're high scoring games. And this past weekend, yeah, we had two former Irish players involved. Sean Reedy, who used to play for Ulster and who's capped by Ireland. And also Michael Bent, as I mentioned on the last pod. Uh, was also playing and, that, and he was playing for Taranaki. Yeah. And anyone, a lot of people in Welsh rugby have been uh, concerned about Tame Pontry coming in, having only played for Auckland in this competition. Uh, based on what we've seen, we'd say, don't worry about it, guys. Uh, it, it's it's a good level. It is a good level. And Tame did great when he came off the bench against England. So, yeah, if you want to see where the stars of the future are coming for, from, tune in because it doesn't clash with anything so you, you can stick it on and you're not missing anything else no excuses oh, you're, you're still working um anyway right so that takes us on to speaking of the future now this is a good segue the scottish super six and it was the first ever game for the future 15 um well not first ever second ever but the first proper one um where they played uh Boromir bears and if you want to talk trifests mate this was a trifest so this was streamed on youtube you can catch all this on um, Scotland's uh, rugby YouTube. Um, it finished 59-36 to the Bears. Uh, it was nine tries to six. So there's a, there's a, a, a try fest for you. Like you say, a little bit more amateurs, a bit mean, but less high end production. A couple of camera angles and things. But at the moment, it's the only rugby that's played on a Friday night. So if you want to settle down, if you can cast your TV. Um, this is the this is the only option that you've got, and it is great. So it wasn't just this game that was a try fest. So in the three games, there was uh, 34 tries. Four wow. of those went to Alan, the hooker for um, Bears. So obviously their rolling ball was going quite well. 
Um, so yeah, so what Sony's currently sit top of the table after only two rounds of games, um, we'll be keeping a close tabs on this one, uh, and we might even have, we might even have a deep dive on it coming up. So keep your eyes peeled for that. So moving on now to the week the week of rugby ahead. What's coming up on your TV screens? Well, so we're recording this pod on a Tuesday. Uh, if we get it out as planned this evening or tomorrow morning, uh, it is worth bearing in mind that North there is NPC action uh, tomorrow Wednesday at 8:05 a.m. with Northland playing Taranaki. Midweek rugby. Exactly. If you're looking for that midweek rugby fix, um, Sky Sports Arena has you sorted. And um, tomorrow morning, um, which is good to see as well, though. So there are actually three games in total of NPC on this weekend. Obviously, this past weekend, we only had two games. So this weekend, we have three. The, the other two are on at the traditional times you'd expect in Sky. So Counties Manukau are playing Hawks Bay on Friday at 8.35 a.m. on Sky Sports Action. And then on Saturday, Tasman are playing Auckland at 8.05. And that's also on Sky Sports Action. And obviously, all of those games are streaming on now as well. What else is on this weekend? So, as Hugh, you mentioned, the Super 6 continues. So, Watsonians are actually playing Barmere, and that is on at on Friday evening at 25 okay. to 8. Um, so, tune in if you can. And then also on Saturday, Harriet's are playing Sterling at 5 o'clock, and that is going to be on their, on Scottish Rugby's YouTube, and that'll also be on the BBC iPlayer. Uh, what else is on? So kicking off this weekend is also the Intervin- Women's Interprovincial Championship in Ireland. Um, so we're going to have more YouTube action here. So Ulster are playing Munster Women. That game's on at three o'clock on Saturday. That will be streamed That's on great. TG. You don't, you don't see much women's uh, club rugby streams, especially not for free. So fantastic. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that's going to be on TG Cahir or TG4 for our UK friends. Um, so that's going to be on their uh, YouTube channel. Also, I believe BBC Northern Ireland are going to be showing that game. I believe it's going to be on the BBC iPlayer. And um, more to come on that later on the week. If you keep an eye out on my Twitter page, I'll confirm. But I know that BBC Northern Ireland are going to be showing the game. I'm just not sure where, but more than likely it'll be streamed either on the BBC Northern Ireland's website or else on the BBC iPlayer. The other um, interventional championship game is Comic Women are playing Leinster Women, and that's at 5.15. And again, oh, that's Connacht. going to be available. Connacht, yep, Connacht versus Leinster, and that's at 5.15. Again, that will be on TG Carr's YouTube channel what else so there are also two international friendlies or summer nation series or whatever the hell you want to call them england are playing wales and so that's on at 5 30 on saturday that will be on amazon in the uk and on premier sports in ireland and also france uh, will be playing scotland at five past eight on saturday as well and that game will be shown on amazon the uk and on premier sports in ireland now here is some kind of unconfirmed. What's is it confirmed? Is it unconfirmed? I'm not sure. So basically, I reached out to the rugby network, um, who also broadcast Major League Rugby in Ireland and the UK over the weekend because they were showing, um, USA v Romania, but the broadcast was only for you know residents of the United States. So I did reach out to them, reach out to them, and ask them if they're going to be showing any of USA's summer games, um in this part of the world and they did actually come back to me on instagram yesterday so after the remaining game and they did say that portugal v usa which is on this saturday at 9 p.m is being shown in ireland and the uk on the rugby network 
Uh, and also they will be showing USA v Georgia, um, which is on the weekend after next. So again, this is coming so is from their social media channel, team. Mate, or is it a website? Rugby Network. So the Rugby Network it is a it is a a website and it's also an app. So it's it and it's also free. So you do have to sign up to watch it, but it's completely free. So uh, for for those of you who haven't heard of it, it, it is uh, one way to watch every single major league rugby game for free. Um, so definitely check that out. Now again, this is coming from their social media team. This isn't a press release or anything. And um, so again, I'll, I'll try to seek more clarity. But according to our social media team, that game is going to be shown, and obviously it'd be interesting to watch Portugal play, who we all know are going to be in the World Cup. And um, so that is the last thing I want to mention. And also, actually, I'll touch one more thing: Romania are playing Georgia at four o'clock on Saturday. And um, I have reached out to the Romanian rugby union. I actually emailed them. I used Google Translate, so I sent them an email in Romanian asking them wow. if they will be showing this game on YouTube. This is international journalism, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And they have not responded. <laughs> I don't expect them to. Um, but again, watch this space. I wouldn't be surprised if that game is on um, Romania Rugby's YouTube channel. Um, but again, no confirmation of that. But keep an eye out uh, on my Twitter and I'll be sure to let you guys know. So that brings us to the end. Um, listen, thanks a million for everybody uh, for tuning in. Uh, Hugh, any final words? Well, guys, just um, smash the subscribe, get into the comments, um, leave us the reviews. Uh, we're desperate to grow. We're desperate to bring all of the obscure rugby to all of the people. Uh, and you can really help us by doing that. And thank you so much for being on board with us. All of you guys who have joined us at this early stage, I know all of your names and I will remember you forever. So thank you. Thanks, everyone. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.